Are you a woman of color who wants to be in the entertainment business? Do you want to know what goes on behind closed doors? Join me every week to explore and reveal the truth, raw and uncut. I won't hold back. I am your host, Kaya McCullough, and I have worked for major record companies and talent agencies, and I've gotten tired of not being able to have my voice heard for the fear of being labeled the angry black woman and being tolerated and not appreciated, not being allowed a seat at the table. So here, we will spill the tea to help guide and prepare you for what to expect walking into this industry. This is No Seat at the Table. Hello. Welcome to another episode of No Seat at the Table. I am your host, Kaya McCullum. And in this episode, we are going to talk about diversity and representation. And I don't mean it in the form of how it's lacking behind the scenes in the business. I mean it as in the majority of people in the entertainment business who are bringing in revenue, whether it's entertainment or sports, the majority of people are people of color, are black people, black and brown people. Well, I want to say it's probably 85% black. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm going to say maybe even higher, maybe 90% black of people in the business, whether it's the athletes, the rappers, the singers, producers, um, the big time producers, like the major, major heavy hitters, like the Missy Elliott's and the Timberlands and the Pharrell's. You see what I'm going with this? Dr. Dre's, like the major, major, major heavy hitters, the people who control the charts as far as like putting out the hits are people of color. But yet, behind the scenes, people that are controlling the money do not look like me. So I wanted to talk about that because I was on a conference call with my office and my agent. He went on, uh, he was given a speech. Well, I went on a rant. He was given a speech regarding the George Floyd situation and how justice was served. And I'm like... Justice should have been served. Like, how privileged are you to think that, like, he intentionally and deliberately and enjoyed murdering someone, and he was on film and still did not care. So that means you really don't value our life. You are being filmed. Because I know if, if I commit a crime, if I go walk into a store and steal, they have me on film. I'm going to say, well, that wasn't me. I'm turning to Shaggy. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? So how are you going to plead not guilty when you were on film intentionally and deliberately without a care, with this callous and cold murdering someone? So justice should have been served. He should have went to jail. And he should get life like anybody else who commits murder. Just because he was wearing a uniform does not, you're not exempt. You, you're a mere mortar like everybody else. And he should go to jail for a murder because that's what he did. So it got me to thinking like how the owner of my agent, who's a white man, a privileged, privileged white man, was like, oh, justice was served. And I want to talk about how we, we you know, systemic racism and, and we don't tolerate that at, at my agency and, and how, you know, my, I'm not going to say name of my agency, but how, you know, we were one of the first to like help black artists, you know, give them the money they deserve. And I'm saying to myself, well, 
not to myself, but I said, I completely interrupted him and I went on a rant. I can't tell you exactly what I said because it was laced with um, profanity. And I did say black lives matter, damn it. Like we matter. I went on, I went around for about a good three minutes and nobody said anything. And at the end he was like, thank you, Kaya. Because I just interrupted him like, how are you speaking about something when you are the problem? If you walk into my office, you're going to walk and be like, you're going to see all white male agents. So how are you talking about systemic racism when you are part of that problem? I've had black interns come to me and said, he has literally walked by them and hasn't even acknowledged him. But when a white male intern comes in, he runs and introduces himself and shakes his hand and walks around the office and introduces him to people. You're part of the problem and you don't even know it. But yet, now that you see how people of color get treated, because George Floyd case is just, it was just filmed. That's all. It, it was it was just filmed. We 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 everyone knows about Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin. Imagine if Trayvon Martin's thing would have been filmed. We we all know what happened. You would be an idiot not to know what happened with Trayvon Martin. We all know who started it, and and I know Trayvon Martin probably was getting the best of him. And that coward killed a child. But imagine if that was filmed. We need to understand the power that we have. Because if, if you are generating money, you have all the power. They want you to think, I always say, my job as an agent, I want you to think that you work for me. But in reality, I work for you. Because if you don't work, I don't get paid. But you see what I mean? When you are generating the money, you have all the power. They want you to think that you don't, but in reality, you do. My agency would be nothing without black artists. Nothing. It would just be an agency, not bringing in any revenue. Because perfect example, during the pandemic, there were no concerts, there was no tours, there was no shows, there was no film, TV, everything production-wise shut down. And did we bring in any money? No. The power of the artists. So when artists realize the power that they have, is when things are going to start to change in the entertainment business. When you walk into a room or an agency or whatever meeting, if you're doing a, if you're a brand and you walk into a Pepsi for a Pepsi or whatever, whatever deal you get, and you don't see anybody that looks like you, the first thing you should say is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can a 65-year-old white man know what a 20-year-old kid wants? You get what I'm saying? But they want you to think like, oh, yeah, we know. We've been doing this 35 years. That's cool. But like Lonnie Love says on The Real, you always need that Jamal, the intern in that room, to talk about this is what's going on today. This is what kids are doing. This is like, I don't have children. So I can't speak on whatever the latest toy is because I don't know. But a mom of three can. Does that make sense what I'm saying? The power and the lack of representation behind the scenes in the entertainment business is true systemic racism. It's true systemic, because they they're not going to allow us a seat at the table. They don't want us there, because they know that's where all the power, control, and money is. Because if an artist 
generates or brings in, if if an artist is worth ten million dollars, right? How much money have they generated? Like when you think about it, so if you're worth ten million, you've probably generated around thirty to forty million. And who's getting that that the rest of that money? Your agent, your manager, lawyers. You, does, does that make sense? What I'm what I'm saying? Systemic racism in the entertainment business is. I don't want. It's probably the worst thing ever. Like if you knew the things they say. Like, I've been in offices where I had an agent really say to me, I'm glad I'm white. Whoa. I, I put my right hand up. He said he is glad he is white. That tells you right there. But you're making money off a black artist. And I know for a fact that when I went on my rant about, you know, the whole situation and how we get treated in our country and how, like, if you want to stop systemic racism, start with your agency and hire people of color. I've told my agent this several times because he was like, we have no women in our in our office. And I'm like, no, and no blacks. And he looked at me. So that you're part of the problem. Just because you speak on it is not going to change it. Stop talking about it and be about it. Stop saying, oh, you know, we 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 we're gonna system, I don't tolerate that. Yes, you do, because why? Are you hiring someone who worked at a bar to be an agent just because of the color of her skin? She has no experience as to be an agent. Zero. But because she's a white woman, you're going to give her that opportunity. You couldn't give that opportunity to a woman of color or to a man of color? Because there was one kid who was an intern. He was, he was Puerto Rican. He was great. Like, this, he had everything it, it everything. It took to be an agent. He had the drive. He was willing to learn. He had experience. You know, he's he's worked for like small little labels. He's he had his own thing. He had like a little radio. Like he he was immersed in the industry. He wanted to learn. They didn't offer him the job because he was like he was he was proud of his Puerto Rican heritage. You know, he like he was he wasn't a white man. But had he have been white, I know they would offer him the job. And that's part of the problem. And the only way we're going to take control is when we walk into places of business and if you're the only one in there, you must, it's your duty and your obligation to say something. Why am I the only person of color? Why am I the only female? Why am I the only young one? Like you, you must speak up. That is the only way you have to... If it makes them uncomfortable, then they're really part of the problem. Because I have no problem talking about race. I have no problem if someone says, oh, Kaya, why aren't there any Asians? Like, you know what? Let's get some Asians in here. You know what? Let's get some Latinos in here. You know what? Let's get some, some 12-year-olds in here. Let's get some 20-year-olds in here. Because I'm, I'm, I'm turning 40 this year. So if you walk into a room, we're doing something for 20-year-olds, let's bring some 20-year-olds in here. Because I don't know. I, I had no idea who the baby was. None. And so I had to go to one of my little 20-year-old interns and I had to have them school me on that. Cause that's not my era of music. Like they didn't know, they don't know who Tevin Campbell is. So I need we need each other. So when you walk into these rooms as an artist or as and I really want to talk to our 
people who are on the the next phase in their career like you you're you're past entry level you're you're more of a higher up then it's really your duty when you walk into these corporate offices and these corporate meetings to say why am i the only person of color in here and if you're afraid to say that and if you're afraid to ruffle their feathers then you're part of the problem as well and if it makes them uncomfortable you're part of the problem as well cuz nobody should be uncomfortable if you say to someone, we're talking about a 20-year-old black male artist, why aren't there 20-year-old black males in here? Does that make sense what I'm saying? We're talking about a 20-year-old female artist, why are there no females in this room? Because a 65-year-old man cannot talk about a 20-year-old woman. Like a man can't do no commercial on no maxi pad. That's why they all look stupid. Oh, you frolicking around. Like, that's not how it is when you really get your period. Stop. Like, th does that make sense what I'm saying? Because they're, they're probably men making the decisions. It is our duty and our obligation to speak up. And if you don't do it, you are 100. I keep saying this over and over again. You are 100% the problem. And the only way that it's going to change and the only way we're going to take control is when we speak up. They might not like it. That's on them. That's one thing I respect so much about LeBron James. He's always saying something. They might, they don't like him. They, they're never going to like you when you speak up. Trust me. I know. Because I had one of my agents say, there's another black female in, the, in my office, and she doesn't like being black. She hates everything about blackness. You know, if you're white, you're right. If you're black, you're, like, terrible to her. Um, so the white people like her in there because she doesn't speak up. They could call her a nigger. They, could, they can kick her in her head. They can make her work 20 hours only give her a dollar, and she's never going to say anything. But if you're black to her and you bump her chair, she's going to, like, curse you out. Like, she, she's one of those. Um, so they, they always say she's nice, that I'm not nice. And I tell them all the time, no, I'm not. I'm kind. I am not nice. But they like her because she, she tolerates whatever they say and do to her. They love you when you're like that. Like, like she's like, she's a Samuel L. Jackson in Django. You see how they liked him because he was like, yes. But when you speak up, they're not going to like you. But that's Okay. You, listen, you can always get another job. You cannot get back your integrity, your dignity, or your respect. And it is your job and your obligation as a person of color, whether you're black, Latino, Asian, Southeast Asian. If, if you walk into a room and you are in a business setting, you should not be the only one there. That makes no sense. It makes no sense to walk into a room with 15 people and you're the only black, you're the only female, you're the only Latino, you're the only Asian. Like, how crazy is that? But there's 15, 16 white men, maybe two white women. Like, that makes no sense to me. And they're, they're deciding something about our culture? No, that, that, that right there makes no sense to me. So it is your obligation to speak up. It is your obligation to say to them, you know, I can't do business with you. Because you, listen, I have all the power. I'm the artist. You want me way more than I want or need you. You need me and want me way more than I want or need you. 
Because again, like I said, they will have you thinking that you work for them. But in reality, if you're the artist, you have all the control and all the power. Because if you don't make any money, you don't get up on that stage, no one's going to make any money. So they will do whatever. And trust me when I say they will do everything you want. I mean, behind, they're going to call you names behind, I'm not going to lie, they're going to they're gonna call you names behind your back. But to your face, they're not going to say anything. And I guarantee you, if you're an artist and you walk up in there, you're selling 10 million albums and you walk into the room and say, hmm, there's no black people in here, I'm out. And I guarantee you, next time you walk back in, they're going to have all kind of black people in there, light, bright, dark, dark, honey brown. They're going to have, it's going to be full of all kind of black people up in that room. Because they know you have all the power. They want you to think that you don't, and that's what, bothers me about artists and and because they you have all the power i shouldn't even say this because no one they don't want you to know this but you have all the power your voice is everything your voice is everything because a record company or a, a, a production studio or whatever it is is cannot run and cannot move without you Especially the bigger you get in your career. Please. And if they see potential in you when you start out, if they know, like there was one young lady that I, I'm thinking about bringing on to the agency. She, this girl's a star. It was a Zoom call. Soon as I logged onto that Zoom and I saw her sitting there, I said to her, I said, you, I didn't know, I didn't introduce myself. I didn't let her introduce herself. Nothing. The first things out of my mouth was that you are a star and she was taken aback because that's the first words out of my mouth I mean, some people just have that quality she's a star I said if you don't win an Oscar a Grammy an Emmy I'm going to be shocked because you are a star we know we know stars when we see them so right there she has all the power because I want her she has all the power and makes her comfortable because I'm black and she's black so I make her feel comfortable but she has all the power. So when she, if she were to come into my agency and she were to walk in and say, mm, I don't know if I want to sign with you guys because I don't see people that look like me in this room. So how are you going to help my career when I'm, I'm, you're not my target audience? I guarantee you they will put my ass in that room. I guarantee, if to, of a, one of the white dudes in my industry were to bring her, I guaranteed you, they'll be like, Kaya, come here for a second. Do you see, you see what I mean? Because this girl has star quality. They, they know the money, they're going to, the money she's going to make and the money they're going to make off of her. I guarantee they would have pulled me into that room. Guaranteed you. They were like, uh, one second. They, they would, they would, or they would have scheduled a meeting. They'd be like, you know, Kaya, you know, you, you can talk to, like, they, they would have made it their duty to have me in that room. They have, as an artist, you have all the power and it is, you must speak up. If you want representation, if you want to see yourself in them rooms, speak up, say something. What is that? See something, say something, say something. And trust me when I say, as an artist, you have all the power and they will, they well, they, I can't, I can't stress to you how much they will accommodate you. 
but if you don't speak up and you don't say anything, you're letting go of the power that we have. And our culture, black culture is the most dominated culture on this planet. Our music is the most dominated music. The way we dance, the way we rock our hair, the way we dress. I went to a restaurant with my cousin and this, I'm not sure if he was white or Latino, but he was dressed like, um, oh, I forgot the character from um, uh, Don't Be a Man to Society. And I'm looking at him like, he had the braids with the bows at the end. And I'm looking at him like, our culture is the most dominant culture. The way he was, his, his everything, everything about him, like he got that from a black person. And I said, our culture is the most dominant culture. But if we don't speak up, if we don't say anything, we don't demand to be treated and to see ourselves in those meetings where the power really is in the control and the, where the money is really being made, forget it. We're never going to go anywhere. We're always going to be mistreated. We're always going to be disrespected. We're, it's always going to be systemic racism forever and always. If we don't say anything and we don't speak up, because the entertainment business is, is dumb. It's what you see on TV. It's the clothes that you wear. It's like, how can, when Versace or these designers, when they do something, they don't, how many times, what was it, Tommy Hilfiger who got into trouble saying something about black people and whatever, was it Gucci or Prada, whatever whatever designer it was, got into trouble saying about black people, they don't want you wearing their clothes, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They They, they have that in their brains, like, Oh no, you know that th that that's bad. But they 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 know who they know who and how to talk. They wouldn't reach out to these hip hop artists if they didn't. And trust me, they reach out because they know the power in our dollars. And the and you see the and as people of color, that's what annoys me about people of color. We have to stop being so ignorant sometimes and realize the power that we have. We have all the power, and especially when you were artists, you have all of the power like ladies any man will tell you women we have all the power we have all we give life we have all the power a man can't function without us no offense a man can't function without us we have all of the power we give life that tells you how powerful we are same thing when it comes to being an artist or being an executive if you don't demand and say something, then it's never going to change. It's never going to change. We might as well just be happy with the crumbs that we're given. Because I don't know about you, but I want, I want the whole damn cake. I don't want no crumbs. There's a whole damn cake over here. So when you made $100 million, you don't want to give me 10? Man, please. What's $10 million if you made $100 million? Like, you, you get what I'm saying? What's what's three million dollars if you have four billion? Wait, what? Like that that's what I mean. There's a whole cake over here. If you're satisfied with the crumbs, then continue on. If you think like this white man has your best intentions at heart, his job is to sell you. He's an agent. Agent's job is to sell. He will sell you the world. That's his job. But if you don't say anything, if you'll be like, okay, that's cool, but Dude, you're a white dude, a 65-year-old white dude. I'm a 25-year-old black kid from middle America who's been like, I booked a, a show that brought in 10,000 people without you. So you need me way more than I need you.
So if you don't get some people in here that look like me, we can't do business. Guarantee, guarantee you, the next time you walk into that office, there's going to be the people who look just like you. So I just want to, to say that I just, it just really, it was on my heart and I wanted to talk about how representation and diversity is our job and our duty to say something when, when it's lacking. Because if you don't, then we might as well just, like I said, be happy with the crumbs that we're given. So thank you for listening to another episode of No Seat at the Table. Please follow me on IG. It's No Seat by Kaya. And until next time. Are you a woman of color who wants to be in the entertainment business? Do you want to know what goes on behind closed doors? Join me every week to explore and reveal the truth, raw and uncut. I won't hold back. I am your host, Kaya McCullough, and I have worked for major record companies and talent agencies. And I've gotten tired of not being able to have my voice heard for the fear of being labeled the angry black woman and being tolerated and not appreciated not being allowed a seat at the table. So here, we will spill the tea to help guide and prepare you for what to expect walking into this industry. This is No Seat at the Table. Hello, welcome to another episode of No Seat at the Table. I am your host, Kaya McCollum. And in this episode, we're going to continue from last week about diversity and representation. So this is part two. Um, so this stems from an incident that happened earlier this week. Um, and it's, it's really sad to say, but it took someone losing their life and to expose how blatantly and systemically racist this country is for my agency and the owners of my agency and the staff of my agency to bring on people of color. And that is so disrespectful on so many levels, because if it doesn't come from your heart, if you're not trying to teach everyone the game, then don't, don't give us handouts. Stop giving us crumbs. And we as people of color have to stop accepting the crumbs and accepting the handouts. And we have to make our own seat and create our own seat at this table. We have to, what was that saying? Like, if there's no seat for you, bring your own chair, bring your folding chairs, stand on a damn table if you need to. But we, we have to stop accepting crumbs. And this is what I mean by that. Like the owners of my agency, he brought on a black male intern. I've been in my agency for quite a few years now, years with the Ness. He has never even had a black assistant. He doesn't even have any black agents. So now, since the world has been exposed over the last year of how we as people of color get treated in this country. Now you want to bring on a black male intern. Now you want to be down. It's like a fad. Now you want to be down with it. Now you want to jump on the bandwagon. That's not how it works. That's, that's so, that's even more disrespectful.
than you just not having anyone at the agency because that's expected. And and it's so sad to say, but it's true. It's expected when you walk into a talent agency or a boardroom meeting or all these top Fortune 500 companies to see the lack of diversity. That's expected. It's it's disgusting for me to say that, and we all know it's true, but it's expected to be the only black, the only Latino, the only Asian, the only wh- whatever, the only woman. Like it's it's expected. What makes it so disrespectful is like, oh, I don't want to seem like, you know, the racist, or I don't want to seem like, you know, oh, I, I'm not with this. Uh, so I'm gonna bring on black people. Like, don't, don't st- stop giving us handouts. Give us an opportunity. Like you, how you give everyone else an opportunity. Because I guarantee you, he just have he has this blackmail intern just for a show. Because it's not like, and that is so disrespectful. It's beyond disrespectful that he has just his blackmail intern just for show. Because this is the same person who, when there were other black interns before. 2020, we all know what happened in 2020, what we saw on camera and what happened to on camera. We saw what we all know what we saw in May of 2020. Prior to that, he will walk past black male, black interns, male, female, and wouldn't even introduce himself. But when it was a white male intern, he would make a, a beeline for them. So now I'm looking like, wow, so you're, you really are systemically racist. Like you're just proving that's how you are. You don't want, you don't want to seem that way. So that's why you got a black male intern. That's so like, I can't believe how disrespectful now, now when I'm, I'm talking and thinking about it, it's so disrespectful because prior to he never had a black intern assistant, nothing. Nothing. Wouldn't even wouldn't even introduce himself. And and he's not. No one is blatantly racist. I I I will stand by that. No one where I am is blatantly racist. But they are all systemically racist. And it he proved it the fact that he brought on a black male intern. Now, I seriously doubt he's going to hire him. I seriously doubt he's going to give him a letter of recommendation. I seriously doubt he's going to ask him, well, what else do you want to do with your career? And I can reach out to people if you want another internship or this, that, and the third. Quote, unquote, nepotism. Nepotism is more like family thing. But also nepotism can be like you know someone who knows someone. That's a part of nepotism in itself. Because I just got an email from someone who was like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 is the sister of, give him a chance. And I'm like, uh, is this person talented? But you see how white people, you, you see how the, the game they play? Just because he's a friend of a friend or a sister of a cousin of a brother of an uncle of a niece does not mean I'm going to take him on as a talent if he's not talented. But that's how the, the game they play and the opportunities that they get. Now, I'm so curious to see where this is going to go the next f- four or five months to see are they going to bring on more 
Are they going to hire more people of color? Because talent-wise, every day, all day, that's all, that's basically it. We ha- I don't even think we have maybe, I want to say maybe five to ten, I don't even think we have ten white artists on our roster. We have John B, but, you know, John B does R&B. So, you know, he's not really, you know, like, he, he does, does he count? But, I mean, like, we don't really represent that many white musicians on our roster they're all legendary classic iconic classic r&b hip-hop artists so we're good enough to make money off of but we're not good enough to be able for you to teach us how to make money off of us that's crazy what i just said (laughs) We're good enough to make money off of, but we're not good enough for you to teach us how to make money off of us. Like, that's insane. I have, like, so to that black male intern, he doesn't know who I am. I forgot his name. Or to all the the interns out there, when you get an internship opportunity and you see that the, the, the lack of representation and if you're the only whether again you are hispanic asian um black female male when you see the lack of representation because that's where it starts it literally starts at the bottom at the internship positions because nine out of 99 percent of the time interns get hired because they're not going to go outside unless it's nepotism, but very few agencies and very few companies and very few management positions, very few hire outside if they already have an intern that they already know, that they already trained. You, you get what I'm saying? You, you know the ropes already. So when a position opens up, they usually reach out to the intern that worked there before or, or it's currently there now. It happened to me. So that's, that's where it starts. It literally starts at the bottom because everybody at my agency and everybody that I have worked with throughout my career all were interns at some point in time. So that's where it starts because you get to meet people, you get to network with people, you get to, you, you're, you're on the scene, you know, you're, you're, being, you're being seen and you're on the scene. What is that saying? Out of sight, out of mind? And that is so true. So if they're seeing you Every single day on a weekly basis and a position opens up, who do you think they're going to hire? They're not going to hire like they're not going to hire like some five people apply for this position. They're not going to go through resumes, go through the interview process. No, they're going to hire the intern that's already there. So that's where it starts. So when you see the lack of representation, the lack of diversity, it is your duty. To shine. It is your duty to show up on time every single day or, or whatever days you're there to intern. It is your duty to just to, to do your job and do it well. Do it like, like you're getting paid a thousand million dollars an hour. It is your job to network. It is your job to make them see you and hear you. Because that's where representation and diversity starts. Because without an intern, companies can't run. 
and the fact of like there's so many and and white people know that i was watching something and it was a white male judge and he was giving advice he was like i suggest you enter at a law clerk office and i'm like see that's where it starts that's where the diversity representation starts it starts and it's so like the smallest little thing no one even thinks about that but it doesn't start at like the top look at puffy puffy was an intern it literally starts at the bottom and then you work your way up and you need to bring more people that look like you as you're going up because if you don't, you're, you're always going to be the only one because they do it. They do it all the time. They bring on cousins and friends and sisters and brothers and the uncles. Oh, and oh, yeah, I had one intern, a white male intern who was literally the neighbor to the neighbor of the owner of my agency. That's how he got his internship. His neighbor knew the owner of my agent the owner of my agency his neighbor knew him and and got him into the internship you see in a white male and that's where it starts that's that's why we're we're lacking in behind the scenes in the boardrooms in the meetings in the shot callers positions is because of the the level at the bottom, it doesn't look like us. So if the level at the bottom is like us, the level at the top is not going to look like us. Because you can't get to the top without being at the bottom first. You don't, you don't start at the top of the mountain. You start at the bottom of the mountain. You have to climb your way up to the top. And if the bottom doesn't look like us, the top is not going to look like us. Like the Devil Wears Prada, perfect example. Like you see how like that the her two there were two white female assistants. I know it's a movie, but it was based off reality. And we all know that's what it really is. So you see what I mean? That they were meeting people. You see, it literally starts at the bottom. The lack of representation, it starts at the bottom. So if it starts at the bottom, it's gonna continue all the way up to the top. So I the advice I give to every body is when you see that you have to speak up if you're an intern and you see that you're the only person of color tell your friends hey if you want to be in the entertainment business you know i know this inter like like get the word of mouth out there because that's where it starts because they're not going to give us an opportunity to give each other the opportunity we have to we have to create our seat at the table because we are not going to be given an opportunity because, and, and this is so sad, I'm going to say, but all this like, oh, we stand with people of color and, and oh, we don't want to be systemically racist. We're not racist. Blah, blah, blah. All that's going to end. And we're going to go right back to how it was always, how this country has always been and always will be. So in order for us to see ourselves, we have to help ourselves. That means help each other. That means Word of mouth. That means telling people, if you go to a music school, if you're in the in the music program, if you're whatever it is, you're in college and you're studying music business, to, hey, you know, blah, 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 I got an internship at, you know, Bobo Jack Music Company, you know, get the word of mouth out there. Because if it doesn't start there, it's never going to, it's never going to change. 
and we have to help each other. We have to bring on each other. Like I, and it's, and this, I do this. I look for women as my assistants and my interns. I look for women, I look for women of color, for people of color because it's lacking. When I'm on my conference calls and I scroll through the screen, come on now. And I shock the shit out of everybody. When I do a Zoom call, when I have conference calls, no one expects me to be black. Not one person. One guy, he literally jumped when he saw me. I was like, why? Because I'm black. I'm a black female. Literally, he was shocked. Like, I shocked the shit out of him. I was like, I know. And I'll call you out. Like, I, I will call you out on that. I'm like, I shocked you because I'm black and I'm a female. Like, shock the shit out of them. They can't really tell by my name. And they don't really know by my voice. Because my voice is very ambiguous. My name is kind of ambiguous, too. But my voice is extremely ambiguous, so they can't tell over the phone. But when they see me on the Zoom calls or in the meetings or whatever I'm doing and, I, and I'm there, I shock the shit out of them because they're not expecting a black female. And that's sad. Because I'm black and I'm a female. If I was a white female, it would probably be a little bit more acceptable, but I'm black and I'm a female. And I, and I have this position. And it's so like, oh my God. And that's disgusting because we're in 2021. But yet, you can make money off of Beyonce. That's okay. But you can't have no control over her tours and her movies and being her agent and being her lawyer and being... Like, that makes no sense. That literally makes no sense. You can make money off of her, but it's shocking if, you know, if she has a black agent or a black lawyer or a black business partner or a black business manager or... Like, like that's shocking. It starts at the bottom. It literally starts at the bottom. We are like, I can't even explain to you the lack of diversity within my agency. It's, you have to see it to believe it. Compared to our roster, you have to see it to believe it. Like it's, it's unreal. Even today, I was talking to one of my agents about working together on a, on a project, like combining two worlds together, which is a great idea. And the name that he is a, a, a very, very big time name. And we all know this name. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll reach out to this person. And I've talked to this person, too, as well. Um, but them two are working on something and they're going to bring me in on the project. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to this person and. We're going to hook up and we're going to, you know, go on. And I'm like, this is a big, a famous black person within the industry. And I'm like, it's shocking how you can make so much money off of us. But yet you don't want us at your table being the shot callers. And that's why so many companies fall by the wayside because they, they don't have, um, again, I don't know if I said this earlier, but Lonnie Love always says, um, you need a Jamal, the intern, the black intern in the room to tell you like, no, nah, that's not a good look. Yeah, you do. You need to have diversity within everything that we do. 
Because that's why if you don't, then we're never going to get anywhere. We're always going to be okay with accepting crumbs. And that's not okay. I always have a saying that I say to people, and I think about it like this. You take an artist, if an artist's net worth is what they have in their quote-unquote bank account is $100 million, how much money did they generate? Because that's a totally different number than how much money they bring home. You Think about what I just said. If an artist has $100 million, if that's what their net worth is, that's what their worth is, is $100 million, how much money did they generate to get to $100 million? Because they got to pay lawyers and agents. and ta- like You see what I'm saying? Think about that. So, they, you, so they're generating hundreds and hundreds, if not close to billions of dollars. Who's getting that money? Who's making those decisions? Who's in those meetings? No one that looks like me. Because it starts at the bottom. It starts at like, literally, it literally starts at the bottom. Like an engineer. You know the lack of diversity it is for an engineer? Most engineers are white men. And engineers makes oh my God, they win Grammys. They work with the, the biggest artists in the best studios. An engineer can make thousands of dollars an hour. An hour. Not a day, an hour. If they're good. If like you'd be like, no, I want this person, I want that person. You would never know who this person is. They win Grammys. But most engineers are white men. Right? Like when you think about it, most engineers are white men. And you need the engineer for everything, whether it's voiceover work, whether it's soundtrack, whether it's a movie, whether it's whatever it is. You need, I have an engineer, but you need an engineer for everything if you're in a recording studio. Being a producer and being an engineer are two totally different jobs. You need an engineer for everything. And how many engineers do you think there are that are women, women of color, people of color? Exactly. Because it starts at the bottom. Because when you go to these music schools, and and those students are usually white people, white men. And they get internships at these recording studios as an engineer, and who then they're going to hire. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. It literally starts at the bottom. And I did a whole episode on the importance of internship. Because that's where it starts. That's where the lack of diversity starts. That's where you start to see the separation is in the internships. Because I'm an advocate for internships, but that's where you really start to see the separation in the lack of diversity. Because I've been, I was an intern in the late 90s, early 2000s. And there were only a handful. Like I said, the 90, 90%, probably 95% of the industry, majority of everybody started out as an intern. So that's where it's lacking. It's lacking at the bottom. Because you can't, 
You can't get to the top of the mountain without starting at the bottom. You have to climb up. And then 20 years later, everybody's holding high positions. Everybody's like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And it's like, wow. It still hasn't changed. It's still controlled by white men. 20 years later. I, like, I think about, like, I started out when I was, like, maybe 15 years ago. Like, like starting out from the bo- like bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. I wasn't even in the barrel. That's how low at the bottom I started. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done it all when it had come to being an intern. I've interned, I want to say, for, like, maybe four years, maybe five years straight, no pay. That's like that's how young I was. That's when I started out. And very few looked like me. But now 20 years later, everybody that I started out with as an intern, all of us hold positions of something within the industry. And still, no one looks like me. And that's sad. I'm going to be very honest with you. It's a 50-50 blame. It's not all their fault. Because we have to put blame on ourselves as people of color too. Because we just want to be the talent. And we want to be like, oh, I want to be a rapper. You know how many times I hear that bullshit? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cuss. But you really know how many times I hear that, oh, I'm a rapper. Really? But do you know the business of being a rapper? No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. So I put the blame on us as people of color because we always want to be the forefront. We, in our minds, you know, it's about the cars and the women and the jewelry and all that other crap, blah, blah, blah. But they don't understand. You can have all of that too behind the scenes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's about money. That's not what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm their mindset of like, I want to drive around in a Bentley. Do you know how many cars the owner of my agency has? I said cars. He has a he has a, a he has a heated garage for his cars with an S. A heated garage. People don't even have heat in their apartments. And he has a heated garage for his cars. You see, you don't, this man. He what? No one knows who he is. His cars. He has lifts in his garage, like cars on lifts. In his garage. I've been to his house. He has cars on lifts. In a heated garage. Separate from his house. Like you have to walk. To get to the garage. And he has cars on lifts. And it's too. Like he has stairs inside his garage. For his cars. Do you, you see what I'm saying? So we, we, as people of color, we have to get out of that, out of that mindset and really start to understand, like it is a business and we are lacking. The diversity is lacking. So I put the blame on us too. It's not, it's on us as much as it is on them because we have to demand and we have to start getting the word of mouth out there and saying stuff to like, Hey, like, why, why aren't there? more black interns or more why am I the only Latina intern in here let, well let me tell my friend because I know like we, we go to school together let me tell her to come apply for an internship too I know she's I know she could do it 
Oh, why am I the only Asian male in here? Well, let me tell my friend because he wants to be an engineer that, you know, because somebody that that that's what we have to do. Because if we don't, then it's never going to change. And we're always going to be good to dangling that carrot in front of our face. Be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you 30 million dollars. But yet you generated a billion. What is a what is 30 million if you have a billion? No, nothing. That's like it's like a quarter to a dollar. It's nothing. $30 million is nothing if you're generating billions with a B. Yes, billions. But it, it starts at that level. So I just wanted to say that because I just want everyone to understand how diversity still to this day in 2021 is still lacking. And we have to stop taking crumbs and, and, and start demanding that we get hired as interns as assistants you know at the those entry-level positions because that's where it starts we need to start sharing that with each other we need to stop and i'm gonna do an episode about this again and stop like oh there could only be one no because there's, there's not one white male so there shouldn't be only one Latino, one Asian, one black. No, there should be five black, five Asian, five Latino, five white. Like it should be equal. Five men, five women. It should be equal across the board. So I just wanted to put that out there because it just really made me understand how truly systemic racism works and how I see it every day where I am. And how like they don't want to be labeled that, so they'll just oh yeah we'll 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 get a black so we don't look you know you, you know suspicious or we don't we don't look like like oh no we're not like that see I got a black male intern no you really are because it proved that you are because you got a black male intern because you didn't have that prior like I was literally shocked I'm not going I was like what <laughs> I'm sorry like and that's sad I shouldn't be shocked but I really was shocked because it really showed me how systemic races they are and how behind the scenes there's no diversity so just get the word of mouth out there if you're an intern if you're at that bottom position talk to your friends talk to your peoples if they're about that business you want to be in business and in this business you know bring them on so thank you for listening to another episode of no seat at the table please follow me on ig um no seat by kaya um, if you like this episode, hit me up. Thanks. Till next time.